This is Geek Punk. A Google Media Production. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. Michael, Joe, how are you? Doing great. I am very fantastic. That's a good thing, because you are a fan, and a fan of the Orville. And this podcast has had a lot of perks already. We've talked to Jonathan Frakes in the past, David A. Goodman, Bruce Broughton. Tonight, we talked to uh, Brandon Braga. Who? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You may recognize the name. He was involved in Star Trek Next Generation, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Enterprise, other shows like 24, Terra Nova, executive producer, director, writer, and we found out he was a hell of a nice guy. Yes, we did. And he also did Flash Forward, by the way. I liked that show, and I think it got canceled too early. That was a cool show, too. Well, if it had taken off, he may not have ended up giving us the wonderful, wonderful stuff that he does on the Orville. Directing episodes about a girl and last night's Into the Fold And like I said, we had a chance to talk to him. Joe, roll the tape. All right. uh, We are here with Brandon Braga. Um, He is television producer, director, screenwriter, and um, also has a little to do with the Orville. Hence why we have him on this episode. Brandon, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for your support of the show. Hey, it's an easy show to support. First off, congratulations on second season announcement. Thank you. We're, we're all very excited. I'm excited for everyone involved. This was definitely a labor of love. Well, I got to tell you, I was thrilled because a couple weeks ago I ordered my vanity license plate and they say Orville. <laughs> so <laughs> Thank goodness heard- that we got picked up. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it was that my, that little bit of mojo that pushed it over the edge. Yeah. But, uh, right on. Yeah, everyone would have thought you were just a large popcorn fan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get on to specific questions, uh, everyone's wondering right now, let's just get this out of the way. Any idea of how many episodes next season is going to be a reduced uh, load again, like 13? Well, uh, we have, I don't believe. Um, They've decided yet. Um, I I haven't heard anyway. I'm c- certainly. It was funny. Thirteen seems to be the norm for a lot of shows these days. Um, but it could be more. I I it's I I personally certainly hope it's no less than thirteen. But um, we should know that in the coming days. All right. Perfect. Um. So let's talk about the genesis of your involvement with the Orville. You had worked with Seth on Cosmos. Yes. Was he? Was this percolating back then, or was it something that uh, came about afterwards? 
You know, I can't really remember the first time Seth mentioned wanting to do a show like this, um, but it was it was several years ago. So he's been percolating on this for quite some time, and um, even was talking about particular aspects of the show, um, the Kelly um, Ed dynamic, of, um, the uh, Mocklin concept of the Mocklins, Bordis species, um, the concept of Isaac. Um, an android with a superiority complex. He was percolating on all this, and one day out of the blue, about a uh, year and a half ago, he said, oh, hey, I, wrote a, I went ahead and wrote that pilot for that show, and uh, Fox has picked it up for 13 episodes. And, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, okay. And I read the script, or part, I don't think it was even quite finished with it yet. And it was uh, just such a breath of fresh air. I mean, it, it's, I had the same reaction to the script that I think a lot of viewers are having to the show, which is it's good science fiction. It's familiar, but, but original, too. It has its own voice. And it's just a breath of fresh air in such an apocalyptic environment. Um, and it just it made me happy reading it. I knew I, I, I was thrilled to work on the show. Yeah, with your you know history with that type of show, Star Trek: Next Generation, Voyager, Enterprise, it's definitely it seems out that the show is almost tailored for you to <laughs> work on. Um, and I, I'm just wondering how much how much of a blessing did you see it as you know being able to take what you did in all those years with the trek franchise and how it compares to what you're dealing with now the nuts and bolts of the orville the vision you may have for the orville well it's not that i brought anything with me from my 15 years on star trek i'm just carrying it forward because um it's it's a kind of a story concept that can go on forever because anything you can dream up you can do and you know in the years since i'd done star trek i really grew to miss it and though i don't think i would have done star trek again <laughs> i missed the episodic storytelling and this was just what the doctor ordered for me in that it was just just it was some it, it had that star trek type of standalone um uh, sci-fi meta science fiction metaphorical st storytelling but it was also its own thing and it had the kind of humor we could never really do on star trek and that the characters just seemed more more grounded and naturalistic and so it was it was really just the right thing and you know i was nervous i won't lie that you know, I hadn't done a show like this in 10 years. And I thought, am I, am I going to be rusty? Do I know how to make a show like this? And, it, you know, it, it's never easy, but it, it certainly was, comf it was comfortable. And, I'm, and I've really been enjoying it. And there's, you know, this kind of storytelling is, is rare, you know, nowadays. There so much continuity is um, serialized. Um, it's so nice to be able to just do an one-hour story well told, you know? 
Yeah, as a viewer, you know, I find that uh, refreshing as well. I mean, I love my serialized storytelling as well, but having grown up myself on the original Star Trek and, you know, the various incarnations afterwards, uh, the episodic um, approach is as old as it may be, as, you know, worn as it may be, it, it is very comfortable and it is kind of a breath of fresh air in today's television. I, I would argue that it's not only not musty, but that it allows for a level of, of experimentation that you can't do on a serialized show. And what I mean by that is um, an episode about a repeating loop of time. Uh, of course, you can do things like that in serialized, but an episode can just explore one great idea or one crazy concept that you try out that, you know, maybe you could ne would never normally do um, and on, a, on an, like you can do anything. And they, one of the things that Seth set out to do with this show was um, uh, to make sure that every story was just really different because one of the things he enjoyed about uh, Next Generation was he realized, and I think it was, he says really when he saw the episode Family where Picard is visiting his brother after the Borg two-parter that he, he thought, my God, they can do, they can do any, any kind of story. Like, this doesn't even have science fiction in it. Mm. And um, I think, you know, I'm really happy that the audience seems to be accepting the fact that it is going to be a little, little different. Like, last night's episode was a, was a family drama, and there was very little Orville in it. Right. Uh, before we get on into, into the fold, you're one of two directors on the Orville directing two episodes a season, I believe, correct? Yes, yes. And the first episode you directed this season about a girl, basically, it just wowed everybody, I think. It was something that, you know, fans from the beginning of the show and the fans who were um, on the fence about it, episode three about a girl came around and it really wowed everybody. And I think it sold the show to a lot of people. And like you said, this episodic television gives you a chance to do different kinds of stories. That story was very powerful in its own. And going going into that episode, did you think it would, you know, have the impact that it would have so early in the season? Yeah, I mean, we actually moved the episode up in this air date order uh, because we wanted to declare ourselves um, as a show that's going to do some stories with some some you know narrative weight um uh and you know seth wrote a brilliant script and uh i didn't screw it up <laughs> not and, at all <laughs> uh it turned out okay and you know it's 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 you know from my perspective it was a show where an episode where the show began to coalesce and creatively and i i, I would look to the off the red-nosed reindeer screening between Bordis, uh, John, and Gordon as something so kind of unexpectedly funny and borderline absurd, but somehow it's adding to the, the narrative drama, and it's working on both of those levels, and is even spurring a character to, to have a believable 
change of heart about the gender of his um, child, I was like, okay, this can work. Like this, this if we can pull this off and, and move people in the way that we were moved conceiving it, we, we were do, it's going to work. So uh, we, had, we, we had hopes that this episode would um, have the, the, the impact that you just so, so beautifully described, and I thank you for saying that. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm a relatively new father myself, and I got to tell you, d- damn you, Brandon. I mean, the two episodes you've directed have had me in tears. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I was a wreck after about a girl. Well, I'll tell you, um, if it's any consolation, me too. And I made <laughs> it. Uh, uh, I get teary. I'm, I, and I watched the show on the air last night, and when Isaac takes Claire's hand, I'm like, couldn't look at my friend sitting next to me because I, I was afraid he'd see the tears in my eyes. <laughs> let's go. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Into the Fold. You, we introduced Claire's family, um, her two boys. Um, I don't think that we had any. That was kind of a surprise to viewers. I don't think we met, we had heard or there was any reference beforehand. No, I mean it, there was no re- There was really no reason for it to come up. Um, Hope, I hope that the audience accepts that that's something, you know, you don't really, you don't really know much about Claire at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we felt it would be acceptable, particularly if it was, you know, in the first season, in the first part of the season that you introduce, she has, she's a single mother on a starship would be a cool thing. And, and, you know, fortunately, it, it, it all, it, I think it worked. Oh, it definitely adds to her character. She's uh, Claire Finn is definitely uh, a strong character um, in the show, and in a way, and I I know of the, all the Star Trek you worked on, you you really weren't part of uh, Deep Space Nine, and you know she, uh, of course, there's a connection to the Cassidy Yates character, you know Penelope played, but she reminds me of. A lot, especially after this last episode of a Cisco, very strong, single parent. Um, how do you feel about, and I and I and I mean this in the good way that the fans are talking about the correlations or the the similarities or conclusions that uh, fans are drawing comparing the two franchises? Uh, I'm I'm happy about it. You know, um, it, it's it's that's the. A very flattering thing to say. Um, those shows, at their best, were great shows, and um, we can only aspire, you know, to find the you know the gold nuggets. Of, the stories are like sifting for gold; they're hard to come by, and you want every one of them to be special. And um, yeah, I mean, the comparisons were inevitable. I mean, we're no, it's no secret that Seth's a huge Star Trek fan and probably, you know, um, and uh, really this was a a, a real passion project for him. And I I think that shows, too. You know, everyone who works on the show so, has really put their all into it. And and I really feel, I've always been a believer in if it's fun to make, it's fun to watch. Oh, it's, it's gotta be so much fun to be on that set. Um, to play in that sandbox when with your illustrious history with the star trek franchise have you 
alluded to or warned the crew, cast and crew, mostly the cast of what they can expect being on this kind of show when it comes to us rabid fans, the kind of guys that do podcasts, um, <laughs> who hunt down cast and crew to interview, show up in costumes. The great question on, that I've never been asked before. Um, I, I remember doing that on Voyager. Um, I remember a conversation I had with Garrett Wong. Um, after he'd just been cast and was walking out of the producer's office, and I happened to be outside. And it was just like, seven years of your life are going <laughs> to be a wild ride. And, um, and beyond, because you know, these, these actors continue to go to conventions and be involved in Star Trek. Um, with with uh, uh, the Orville, not so much so... Uh, because we didn't know it was going to last for more than one season. Um, and I didn't really want to, you know, I was c- careful just from my perspective to not uh, talk about Star Trek and, and, you know, as much as possible lean into what makes the, the Orville unique. Um, and so I'm not sure I answered your question. I'm not sure if I you, asked it. You right. can edit this later. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to make a comment about. Um, I, I was really looking forward to this episode because um, P- Penelope is one of my favorite actors. Period. But Doctor Finn was, like you said earlier, Brandon, that it was, she was. We didn't really know a lot about her, and just from that very first episode, she seemed like she was the one who had it the most all together. Like she didn't seem to have any flaws like she was like the seasoned vet so i was really curious to see this episode and see what kind of uh kind of potential character development there might even be for her um and, and i got it in spades it was it was fantastic like i really love her relationship with her sons and how much um she struggles <laughs> with it and like the love of that family is there but yet there uh, you know she has no control over those kids um and this isn't even a question, I guess. It's just kind of a gushing comment that I, I really um, appreciated the episode and, uh, and appreciated that that one of these characters who was really intriguing to me uh, is now someone that I'm going to be following with even more interest. Yeah, I mean, th- thank you for thank you for that for those gushing comments. Uh, <laughs> the um, you, you know, you said something uh, very perceptive, which is. That uh, Claire from the beginning seemed like the most together character, and I, I agree with you. Um, and I think she probably is. And also, I got to tell you, Penny is such an amazing actress. I mean, she mm-hmm. it, she elevated the whole episode. You know, she's she's. If you look at that episode, she runs the gamut of, of emotions from joy. Uh, of seeing her children again to, to grief at the potential loss of one to banter with Isaac to action hero taking right. out zombies. Like she, her character was put through the ringer in that one. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, she, she was, uh, she was just amazing. And I absolutely loved, um, the, uh, the additional character development that you gave Isaac this week. Yeah, it was an Isaac story too. Um, you know, it's every bit as much. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just an interesting challenge, you know, 
with that episode, I remember when we were conceiving it, the challenge was, can we, how, can we touch, can we, can we make this character um, real? Can we make him, can, can we dimensionalize this character? Can this character have growth? He's just a faceplate with two glowing eyes. <laughs> and yet, when he's looking, when he takes Clara's hand and, and, you're, and he's looking at her, you, you, you're moved by it. And it's just, it's, there's no face. And, and, that, and, and that, of course, you know, you have the children involved in particular Jeopardy and, you know, Penny's performance is moving. But to me, it's really good science fiction when, that, when you can make something like that work. And, Mark, and I have to compliment Mark, too. I mean, he's, he's working. Uh, his face is not seen, but he is emanating a performance somehow. I don't know if you guys agree. Oh, I totally agree. I think we're talking to Mark in a week or two as well. Yeah, we're talking right. to Mark next week. Awesome. He's yeah, great. God, you guys are scoring more people than uh yeah, that's great. Well, <laughs> that's I awesome. I live just south yeah. of LA, Brandon, so I I plan on being on the set for these interviews next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let us know and we'll bring you we'll bring you aboard. I mean, I've got the license plate on my car now. I can drive right on the lot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you uh, that makes you an honorary crew member. You need so anytime you want to come come over, I will hold you to that. I think yeah. I already made uh, Jonathan promise we'd be in uh, background aliens or something if he directs another episode. You know what's really funny? You know, it's thinking about your license plate. You know, I went to New York Comic Con. Um, David Goodman and Adrian Pilecki and Scott Grimes. And it, we'd only aired five episodes, but the place set a rec attendance record. And there were thousands of people. And some of them had uniforms, Orville uniforms. I'm like, this is at, after <laughs> five episodes, they're making you. And these were good uniforms. I mean, it's like they, they look professional. Um, it, the show, I mean, you tell me the show seems to be, have caught fire with the fans very quickly. And I, I wonder what is it? Why? Um, well, this is Dan speaking and my feeling is like you mentioned before, you know, you want to hit that, you want to find that gold nugget again and fans are passionate and, I think we've been burned a lot in the past. We want to hook, we want to latch on to something. We want to relate to um, a program or a franchise like we have in the past. And we may be early to jump on something and it doesn't work out. But damn it, if it did not, if everything did not fall into place perfectly with the Orville. Um, it's a trope yeah. that we're familiar with, but yet the characters and the humor and the dialogue makes it more, like you said earlier, grounded, down to earth, and inviting. So it just so feels so good to be on that bridge or to be hanging with that crew. And I think that's, at least for me, that's how how it's worked out. Yeah, those characters are just 
amazing. It, that's that's the biggest part of it for me. It, anytime a new Star Trek show started, you know, back in the day when we were getting a lot of them, my favorite part, like starting a new one, was always like that first episode, like getting to know the cast members, getting to know the characters, which one's my favorite, which ones do I want to see have relationships with each other, which ones do I want to see grow, and um, and just bam, hitting the ground running with the Orville, it was like that. It was like, I mean, just all of these just wonderful, rich characters to get to know um, and think about. Um, and if that had been all, that would have been awesome, but then About a Girl came along and just completely, you know, my jaw dropped uh, by the end of that episode. And then another thing about it, uh, I think that people are latching onto is like you guys were talking about earlier, just the episodic versus the serialized storytelling. And I love serialized storytelling as well. But once you kind of get the feeling for how a season's going to go, or you know where, you what the tone of the story is going to be, you may not know all the plot points that are going to come along that season, but you you know what you're in for for the next you know eight to twelve, thirteen episodes. And a show like this, like you were talking about. You know, making the comparisons with, um, you know, the episode "Family" from Next Generation. Like, I mean, I literally don't know until I see the next week on the Orville anything about like what I'm going to see, like what the tone's going to be like. Um, you know, is it going to be just kind of silly, funny, or is it going to be super serious, or is it going to be this character or that character? It is. Just, it could be anything, and that's really, really exciting. Yeah, that's great to hear. I mean, like. Next week's episode is more of a comedy. Um, there's more more comedic elements, um, whereas last night's episode was was more dramatic. And right. I'm very encouraged to hear that you and the audience have embraced the dramatic aspect of this show. You know, we were you know the way the show was being marketed, and they did a very good job. Fox did a great job, but it kind of made it look like it was a satire, and, you know, wall-to-wall comedy, and it's not. Right. And, uh, you know, would the audience accept an episode like Into the Fold, which is largely dra- dramatic, really. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad of the response. Okay, it's largely dramatic, but were you guys sweating over... Whether or not Glory Hole was going to fly by? <laughs> you know, I don't know if the, if the censors didn't know what one was. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, I, I, it was a funny joke. <laughs> right. Uh, for our listeners, we will describe a Glory Hole after the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that was that was a great line, and again, that's something that I think makes the Orville work so well, especially when they're all sitting on the bridge, is that's how people who work together talk with each other. People who share cubes are next, the cubicle next yes. door. It's exactly how that bullpen type of situation is. Yeah, that's one of the things that just yeah. keeps me coming back week after week. Uh, that, the the dialogue, and it's just, the, the way the episodes run, it just, it feels like we're exploring along with the crew. That, that's a high compliment. And I hope, hope you enjoy the rest of the season. I think, I don't think there's a, I think they're all pretty good in their own way. 
got some good ones coming up. Well, we look forward to them, and they, you know, when the series has to take a week break or something, you've seen us on Twitter and such complain and moan and cry. Um, <laughs> well, that will not happen again. You'll, the rest of the episodes, are, uh, there's no more preemption. There will not be another preemption. Well, wait until after episode 13, and we got to wait until next September for our, for new uh, yeah. episodes of the well, Orville. Here's the thing. I know, and I'm, I, I, I'm eager to get it back on the air. This show takes a, this show takes a long time to make. Um, you know, we take great care with the writing. Um, we write the scripts ahead of time, so we're not writing on the fly. We, you know, and we take that time because it really starts with the script and the idea. And I, I think it's one of the, it's one of the reasons that the show has some quality to it. You know, so so often, for instance, on my Star Trek days. You were, you know, you were writing on the, sometimes rewriting scripts while they were prepping. You know, it's, it's, and then, and sometimes the best laid plans go awry and it's not the script you hoped it would be and the episode isn't all that good. And we, just, we really, we wanted to do things a little differently this time. Do you have any idea when season two is going to start production? Like what that timeline looks like? It's still being discussed, but. It'll it'll start shooting or um, early next year. Yeah, we're you know we're already uh, working on this uh, writing season two right now. Cool. Well, to fill to fill that void, uh, we ourselves are working on our own little fan creation, and it's called Ensign Henson, and it's a little audio dramedy that we're offering as well, just to great tie, tie things over. And hopefully, you'll give that a listen and uh, and uh, give us your oh. feedback on that. <laughs> well for sure alright um, Joe, Michael, you got anything else for Mr. Braga? real quick on the no more preemptions so we're going to get a new episode on Thanksgiving Day or am I oh gosh, I may have spoken too soon I apologize <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, no episode on Thanksgiving, I'm so sorry uh, you've got Got two weeks in a row, then Thanksgiving, and then the, 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 you'll go to the end of the season. I totally for, forgot that there's a holiday coming up. Can we expect to see a Christmas episode eventually down the line, like third or fourth or seventh seasons? I hope we don't get that desperate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do the three ghost uh, <laughs> is it episode that uh, every show tends to do? Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> I'd go for a Christmas episode as long as you put Justin the Ogre in a Santa hat. Yeah, Justin, Justin the Ogre. We're, we may, we're talk, talking about maybe he'll make, he'll make a return. People seem to like him. That would be awesome. Right, that would make Patrick very happy. He was our very first guest on the show. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah he was hilarious. All right. Um, well, again, I want to thank you so much. This has been a real treat having you on. Um, love, love, love the Orville. That's why we spend so much time doing a podcast about it. And um, just keep it up. And I look forward to, uh, we look forward to the next season. We look forward to the rest of this season. And I look forward to sneaking up on to the set as well. I look forward to finding out that, about that in advance so I can fly. 
Just uh, let us know. Let us know. All right. Thank you very much, Brandon. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. All right. Did I lie, guys? Or was he not super nice? He was so awesome. I got to admit, I was a little nervous about him because I, I, even more than Frakes, who I, I, you know, I wasn't on that interview, but I was. Yeah, we we kept that kept you off. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. But I, I was afraid I was going to be a little starstruck. Um, I mean, I've seen Brandon Braga's name on Star Trek, you know, about as long as I can remember watching, uh, you know, paying attention to credits on Star Trek. So, um, but yeah, he was so cool. I, I really enjoyed that. It's something to, to be said, all right? I, I probably don't say it right, but just having his pedigree and his experience in not only television, but the type of television that he's worked in, you know, i.e. Star Trek franchise, on the Orville has just been uh, an, another bonus, another plus to the show. Right, right. And as we mentioned, he had directed two of the episodes, and both his episodes have been... Uh, you know, amazing. Like we've gushed on and on about um, about a girl, mm-hmm. and then again last night we had Into the Fold, which was a nice little, not little, but it was a it was more family oriented than we've seen before. Although um, about a girl was very much about a family, it had more of a political social statement than uh, Into the Fold, which was when you come down to it, just about family. And like Brandon said, very little science fiction. Yeah, it's really a, a, a family survival story that, uh, you know, like <laughs> when the, um, the shuttle gets separated, you know, it gets cut into, you know, I, there was a lost feel to that. Like, you know, the, the, the TV show lost, um, with, uh, you know, I don't know. I just had a flashback to that because that's what happened in that show. But the, you know, this this didn't need to have been a science fiction episode. It could have easily have been just a story about a plane that goes down and and the two parties trying to you know reconnect and find each other and all the hardships that they have. And uh, it was just really, it was really good. It was really strong, but you know, not like a big message episode, which I like those. But uh, but you know, as I said when I was we were talking to Brandon, like I, I just love that each episode is something different and you never know what you're going to get. Um, and this was, this was another example of that. It was different. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I, I agree with the lost thing. It's, it's a little bit like lost in space. <clears throat> huh. Yeah. I'll let my, I'll let myself <laughs> out. Danger. Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> they should get the guy who uh, did the music for lost in space to do the music for this one. Yeah, they should. Yeah, you would, Huh. Uh, <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> now, um, yeah, very little of the crew other than um, Claire Finn and Isaac on this one. How do you guys... I like it. I like how episodes have been focusing on different characters and when everything's all said and done at the end of the season, we can go, oh, the Claire and Isaac episode, or oh, you know, the the uh, John episode. 
Yeah, I always like in Star Trek when they would take these two characters who don't seem to have anything in common. Like they don't typically interact day to day because they're just their jobs don't really. You put mean them data? You mean data or Worf with someone else? <laughs> yeah, or Data and Worf. You know, yeah, because um, yeah, like you always see Data and Jordy together. You always see Deanna and Beverly together. You always see, um, you know, Riker and Picard together. But then you start, you know, you get these episodes that we just kind of mix them up and and uh, just see what happens. And that's what this was. It was, you know, I, you know, Claire and Isaac. Just they, it's not a natural fit, but it was fun to watch them. Um, interact and learn from each other and then by the end of it they have a relationship now and so it'd be kind of interesting to see where that goes yeah i think um i think isaac studying of humanity is rubbing off a little bit how do you mean it just seems to be a he's he's adding more human characteristics oh okay the handhold in the in the end and <laughs> things like that He's yeah. being assimilated. Yeah, he's being assimilated. <laughs> so I wonder, actually, if we'll get a, if if we'll end up in an episode where um, where he takes his helmet off and we see Mark's face just as a got you guys. Yeah, surprise. Yeah. it was me the whole time, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of doing a Norm Macdonald bit where he was the devil. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, and then it was very, this episode had scenes that, I, I don't want to say tugged at the heartstrings, but definitely had, gave me the feels um, when Isaac was telling the kids a uh, bedtime story, and he oh, used yeah. Dr. Finn's voice to make yeah. them feel better. Yeah, I, I liked the original bedtime story better. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That scene where Isaac reached out and took uh, Claire's hand to help her feel better after, you know, he learned that from the boys. Yeah. And I love that scene, too, when he learns it from the boys. Like, you know, he's like, no, I need this hand free. And the older brother's like, he just he needs you to hold it. Just hold his hand. Yeah. It was that that part, you know. Gave me a little bit of feels too. So, and you know how hard that is for me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you also have to wonder being that, um, that he's in engineering. Did Yafit see the handhold and is that going to make him jealous? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd and, be an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting development. And then Just, of course at the end where Claire says, welcomes Isaac to the family. Yeah, you're part of the family now. That's sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah, it worked out really because he is an outsider there to, you know, and he brought brought this up not only in this episode but in previous episodes that he's there to observe humans and he's supposedly racist, but again, he's not coming off that way. He's just matter of fact. Um, it's a superiority complex, is how Brandon. Um, termed it which i think that's probably a good way to to be thinking about it because it's yeah he's he's not um you know ed called him racist at the beginning and he, he didn't deny it but we really haven't seen that it's just really more of a um he thinks he's better than everybody else because in many ways he is yeah just matter of factly spoke that well i am better <laughs> yeah so i gotta say the beginning of the episode with the with 
tie. Mom, mommy, mom, mom. That's that's got to be a callback to Stewie. <laughs> I thought that as well um, when I saw that. You know, I'm not sure if it was or not, but I think it's fun. You know, if if that this show has elements that we can ponder, ponder whether or not it is, because it definitely has callbacks or um, homages to, you know, the 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 obvious uh, other science fiction franchise and you know shows like Twilight Zone and stuff. Just, but it's uh, it's it's fun to see like if uh, we're going to have other Seth MacFarlane esque references are you know even some of the other characters or actors um there will be callbacks to some of their stuff because it's something they can throw into this kind of show being like brandon said it was episodic and it had it could have its moments of being more lighter fare so we also found out that there were some fanalos among the crew some what fanalos fans what of very manalo Oh, that was uh, awesome. apparently neither Michael nor I are fanalos. <laughs> I am, I am a fanalo. I just didn't know what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I love Copacabana. That song is awesome. That I, I grew up on that dude, man. Uh, yeah, Mandy and I write the songs. Uh, yeah, I love, I love the dude. But I did like the. Did like the Barry Manilow uh, reference in there um, and completely not related at all. The glory hole joke. <laughs> <laughs> and completely unrelated to Barry Manilow. Glory holes. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I, I watched this one by myself last night just to make sure that I, I watched it and I'll watch it with my family later. And I'm. <laughs> Kind of dreading having to explain that joke. <laughs> uh, we will not be explaining uh, what glory hole means for those few of you that don't know. Just you have Google. Oh, yeah. don't tell no. people. Oh, no, Google. don't Google. Oh, don't Google. <laughs> no. Okay, if you take Michael's advice, don't do that shit at work. <laughs> we cannot be held responsible for any termination of your employment that may occur or any divorces that may occur from your spouse looking at your browsing history if you look up the term glory hall. Yeah, go out to Urban Dictionary or something like that where at least you're not going to get picture references unless you want picture yeah. references. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. <laughs> We haven't talked about Brian Thompson at all. Um, I love that dude, and uh, it was really neat to see him um, in the episode. And uh, he was just—I don't know—are you guys familiar with him at all? Or um... assume that our listeners are not. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember like some of the big things. Like uh, one of the, the shows that I watched that nobody else ever watched um, was the old. It was called Kindred the Embraced. It was uh, based on the White Wolf vampire role-playing game. Um, wow. And so, but he was, that's probably the first time I ever saw him. But, I mean, he was like in Cobra with uh, Sylvester Stallone. He was, um, he was in Joe Dirt. Um, I don't know. He's just, he's just one of those character, these character actors. He's got this great face. Um, 
with his, this is really rough grizzled uh, look to him. And uh, so anyway, I always like seeing that guy. Yeah, in this episode, he kind of looked like a surly mutated Frasier. Okay. Oh, you know what people might know him from? He was uh, the alien bounty hunter on the X-Files for uh, like nine episodes. Right. There you go. And you can listen to Michael's podcast about him. (laughs) (laughs) Watch Kindred the Embrace. No, don't. It's not not a good show. (laughs) Um, So in the, I guess in the news, we already know that it's uh, renewed for another season. Yeah, about just over the halfway mark, we got a word that... uh, the Orville has been renewed for a second season, and we tried grilling uh, Brandon on the details, but of course, they, they you know, it's too early. They just announced it, what, two days ago? I think it was yesterday. yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. yesterday. By the yeah. time you listened to this podcast a few days ago. But, but yeah, that was great announcement. Uh, the way it broke was Seth MacFarlane himself tweeted it, and no, it was on no news sites before that. Um, Deadline Hollywood. The Hollywood Reporter, uh, Friday, everybody else picked up on it as soon as that tweet went out. I, I think I'm just going to pat my own back here, but I think our own little Orville Observer was one of the first sites to, to uh, post news about the second season. It's where I saw um, it from. Well, good. At least it has one reader. <laughs> I enjoyed reading some of the... Um, there was at least one site that I read that, that kind of picked it up after, you know, he, after the tweet. And... Um, but I enjoyed reading the reaction to it because, you know, as we've talked about before, a lot of, you know, critics um, really panned the, the the show after like, you know, the first episode and, and dismissed it after that. Um, and as excited as I am about the second season, a big part of my excitement is that this kind of gives the show, um, it, it kind of demands the, the, the people give it a second look. Um, just knowing that it's been picked up. So like I was reading this one article and they were, the, the, the writer was very honest about their response to the news that it had been picked up a second season. And it kind of went, Oh, well Fox probably, you know, they just want to keep things good with Seth MacFarlane, yada, 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 it, which is a lousy reason to, you know, renew a show maybe. But, um, but then they also said that kind of after they had that reaction to it, they actually went and did some, their research and, and looked at the numbers on the show and were surprised at how well the show is doing. And I think, you know, some of us are surprised too, because we kind of got burned on some other shows, Firefly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but just the fact that, you know, it's being renewed and it's being renewed because people are actually watching it and not because of some kind of back room deal where Fox just wants to keep McFarlane happy. Um, I think it's going to make a lot of people give it another look when maybe they had dismissed it as kind of a flash in the pan, um, you know, early on. No, agreed. Um, and it's also, we, as the diehard fans get to go, ha ha, told you so. Neener, neener, right. neener. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, critics. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, second episode, um, or second season. Awesome. Just and odds are it'll be another 13 episodes, 14 episodes, because those episodes are very labor intensive when it comes to production. They are expensive and it shows. And, you know, I'll take it, you know, as as much as I would love 
a 22 or 24 episode season. They just don't do those in TV anymore. Well, and I would much rather have 13 super strong episodes than 22 where, you know, eight of them are great. And then you got a bunch of filler in the middle. Exactly. And other shows that we love have had that. Yeah. I mean, we don't. Star Trek. Yeah. Star, any, any incarnation of Star Trek. We don't talk about how much we love every single episode. There are some duds in there and there's some brilliant episodes don't get me wrong but when you have 13 episodes it's a little hard to phone in an episode right and i appreciate that and and i think it makes for better television at the end because there's you know back in the day a few of us remember when we actually had to get up from the couch and change the channels yeah on television i also remember having a wired remote oh yeah yeah, I did too. Um, I actually had a parent who would call me from another room to come in and change a channel so <laughs> they didn't have to get up off their chair. Ring a little bell. There. Yeah. That's that's how that's how rough life was for me, kids. <laughs> and you know, so there wasn't as much television back then. We only had three networks. Um now we have, what, 100 networks or so. Um, and we have, they're all they're broadcasting on various forms of various platforms from television to computers to you name it. I guess those are the only two things, really. Well, I guess you could watch on your smartphone or your tablet. So, you know, we maybe needed a 22 or 24 episode season to get us through because that would be half of the year, roughly, you you know, then you'd watch reruns. So it almost filled up a whole year of television, except for the week they would take off for Christmas and Thanksgiving and our 4th of July or whatever. You get a couple of months in the summer to go outside. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and there was a thing called rerun se- uh, season Yeah. Um, back then. But now... You know, when we're done watching our 13 episodes of the Orville and we've loved it and we're, you know, pushing ourselves away from the table and loosening our belt and our button on our pants because we've just gorged on that delicious feast that the Orville is. We probably have another new show starting on Netflix or Hulu or National Geographic that can entertain us for their 12 weeks or their 13 weeks. Yeah, there's such a variety of entertainment that's all the time now. So, yeah, a lot to consume. And that the fact that there is so much, it just makes, you know, when we find a show like the Orville that we, you know, can dig on so much, that we can crush on so much, it just makes it all that much sweeter. Absolutely. What else have we got, guys? Well, um, next episode, episode nine, titled uh, Cupid's Dagger. That sounds like a Star Trek episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> Cupid's Dagger of the Mind. <laughs> um, no, okay, so episode nine, Cupid's Dagger, uh, airing next Thursday, November 9th. Um, the Orville is called to mediate a peace treaty between two warring cultures, but tensions run even higher between Ed and Kelly when a familiar face boards the ship, which I think is probably going to be the Rob Lowe play Blue Alien. Yeah. Um, 
And then meanwhile, Yafet declares his love for Dr. Finn with surprising results. Huh. Sounds like that episode could get messy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs> yeah, they were doing everything in their power not to show us Rob Lowe's face in that episode, but they, I mean, it was clearly that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. A familiar, okay. Tensions between Ed and Kelly and familiar face. Yeah, just, yeah. The uh, only other person it could be would be Priya, and I don't think we would have heard if she's coming back on the show. No, I mean, well, they showed the blue guy. I mean, they they didn't. They showed like parts of him, like back. I think the back of him. Yeah. 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 Well, that'll be good, Dan. Um, so uh, we ran a little contest a little while back, our sweepstakes, we'll call it, where we pleaded we outright bribed you people to subscribe to planetary union network the orville fan podcast on itunes and leave a complimentary not a complimentary an honest comment we just hoped it was complimentary and if you uh snapped a screenshot or picture and showed it off on twitter with the tag I think it was pun subscribe bribe. Hashtag pun subscribe bribe. One lucky winner would win a season pass to season one of the Orville on iTunes. And that winner is Paul King. So we're not going to post that anywhere on Twitter or Facebook or Orville Observer real soon. We're going to see if Paul King is listening, still listening to the episode or listening to the podcast. <laughs> Must be present to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, we'll let him know eventually. But hopefully, uh, Paul King, uh, we're going to be watching your Twitter feed. And uh, woohoo, you won. So um, mention it and share with the world that they should be subscribing to Planetary Union Network as well. And uh, post or not, you will receive your prize. Uh we will get that to you. Well, I will contact you in a couple days after this episode gets out, just to, just to see if you happen to mention it. Congratulations! What else we got, Joe? Next week uh, on Planetary Union Network, as Dan calls it, the Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. We've got Mark Jackson and potentially another guest joining us. I won't ruin that one yet, and primarily because I haven't confirmed it. And right. so then, we got Mark Jackson, uh, Isaac. Yes, the, and we, the 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 I want to say the face behind Isaac, the face behind the mask and the voice of the character. So we can ask him all sorts of questions about what it's like to be or wrapped up in that outfit um, under those hot studio lights. And praise him again about his uh, his performance on this last episode, Into the Fold. And as usual, we're all over the place on Twitter. <laughs> Follow us at Planetary underscore Union, at Orville Observer, and at Ensign M. Henson, and Facebook Planetary Union Network. Yes, I'm Planetary Union Network on Facebook page and um yeah and uh we will be doing like we were talking about before we do have that ensign henson 
uh, fan radio dramedy, and uh, you can expect more episodes of those. We've just thrown out that little teaser right now, but we'll have more episodes of those uh, probably after ep- the last television episode of the first season of the Orville runs. Just uh, uh, give you guys a little bit more dose of Orville while we wait for uh, season two to come on. And they're fun. We're working on scripts now. We've got Brandon Carr as uh, Ensign Henson, who uh, does a great job. And and of course, our own Joe Quickle is doing an awesome job putting the whole thing together. I just I just write in the jokes. Uh, <laughs> trying not to add dick or fart jokes in there too much, but it's good stuff. And we hope you appreciate it as well. And that will be on our regular feed as well. Uh, no need to sign up anywhere else for that. Yep, you're stuck with us. Uh, our goal is the Planetary Union Network will be Orville all the time. 24 hours Orville Network. Yeah, we're also hoping to throw some interviews um, with cast and crew during the off season. I say that and Dan doesn't realize that yet, but... <laughs> we, we've had we, we've had so much interest really that that we're going to run out of episodes so yeah we're getting more we're getting more uh guests lined up than we have than they have episodes airing for the season one so which is a good thing we're not complaining we love talking about the orville we love talking to people involved with the production of the orville so it's all good All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. Uh, Tell your friends. Spread the word. Uh, We got second season, so we're coming back. There'll be more of us. Good night.